God wants you to experience the life that He designed. We can't allow life to kill the dream that we dream. Jesus said, I have come that they might have life and have it more abundantly. You will look back on your life and you'll say, man, life is good. The Word of God brings the abundant life into focus and within your grasp. As you listen, open your heart and discover life. Well, I'm so happy that you came to church today. You know, this service wouldn't be as good if you weren't here. And uh, man, if, if, if you're a visitor here, why? Man, we just welcome you. Man, we want you to feel right at home. I want you to know you're amongst the best people in this area, and we're really happy that you're here today. And, um, you know, it's the first of the year, and, uh, you know, you're pro- the first of the year is like a, it's like a good time to kind of push the reset button, kind of examine uh, where, where things are right now for us, and then uh, determine how we want them to be, you know, this next year. And, you know, you're probably just like me. Um, boy, I'd really like to see my life account for something. And the message that I'm going to bring to you out of the Word of God today is telling us that we got a lot of help. If you're interested in your life being important, you know, that you'd like, to, that you'd like this to be a better place because you were here in this area that you live, why, I think, that, I think you'll like this message because the title of it is You Are Being Cheered On. So if you want to agree with me in prayer... Why, why, we'll get into the Word together. Okay, in Jesus' name, we agree together. Man, thank you, Father God. You said wherever your Word was, compre- was preached, that you would confirm it with signs following, tangible, supernatural signs. So I just declare this morning that everyone in this room is going to leave um, experiencing a positive change in our lives because of your Word today. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, the Apostle Paul, he wrote, he wrote two-thirds of the New Testament, and, uh, but he's the one that brought the message of Jesus Christ to non-Jewish people. So that's especially important to us, because in West Central Minnesota, you're pretty much as far away from Jerusalem as you can get. So, but, um, but so Paul made all that happen for us. But, uh, but what I'm going to share with you this morning, this is, um, you know, Paul, he painted a picture of heaven with his words in Hebrews 12.1. And this is actually my favorite picture of heaven in the Bible. There are a few different pictures. This is my favorite one. And, and, and what Paul is talking about here in Hebrews 12.1, he just got done with Hebrews chapter 11, where he made a list of who God thought was the greatest people that had ever lived up to that time. So 4,000 years of human history. And Paul went through this list in, in Hebrews chapter 11. And then the first verse in Hebrews chapter 12, why he said this, he said, in heaven there are grandstands. And that, bleachers, like a football stadium. You know, the, the Bison won the national championship again yesterday, and they were in a stadium, and there were bleachers there, and that's the picture that Paul gave of heaven, and these great heroes of faith are in those grandstands, those bleachers, but also family members that have gone on, to, our family members that have gone on to heaven before us, they're in these bleachers, but what they're doing is they're looking at our lives, and they are cheering us on. And, you know, and I think, um, you know, Jesus made this statement. He said, when one person gets born again, one person gets saved, why, all of heaven rejoices. So, you know, at this time that we're living in, 
And, and, and I want to give you a, a picture of this. I, I mean, I know these grandstands are louder than they have ever been before. Because, um, now just follow with me close, because these are some big numbers. So, so at the time that we're so privileged to live in, if you go back to 1990, from 1990 to 2000, as many people got saved on earth in those 10 years as had gotten saved the previous 4,000. And we were able to live during that time with the grandstands of heaven cheering us on on earth because all those people got saved. But then the next 10 years, 2000 to 2010, more than twice as many people got saved in that 10 years than got saved the previous 10 years. And then 2010 to 2017, that's as far as we got numbers up to, those seven years, more than twice as many people got saved again in those seven years than it got saved the previous 10 years. That means that there's 16 times as many born-again people on earth today as there is in heaven. Over three-fifths of the earth's population right now confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. And, man, we're after the other two-fifths because their lives would be so much better. But that's the time that we get to live in. So do you think the grandstands of heaven have been cheering us on, that, that they're interested in what we're doing right now? Yeah, I mean, and, and, uh, and so, you know, if you ever think that, well, you know, my life, it, it just really is not that important, or I'm not that special, well, you got grandstands that disagree with you in heaven. And, uh, and you know... Uh, You know, there's a challenging part of all this, or I could say a sad part, if you can find anything sad in that. But, you know, if you study the moves of God in history, and, of course, this is the... When I told you about all those people getting saved, and, of course, the, the miracles have went right along with that. There's more miracles, greater miracles than have ever happened in history going on on the earth. People being raised, just supernatural limbs growing out, people being raised from the dead. Just supernatural things, because there's a tremendous... Uh, an unprecedented move of God going on on earth right now that we get to live in and be a part of. If you ever wanted to invest your life, boy, this is the time. I mean, you know, we could have lived a thousand years ago or three thousand years ago, and, and that'd have been great. We'd had grandstands cheering us on then, but man, you're really going to get some results if you invest your life right now in the kingdom of God. Uh, but but so but traditionally, historically. When there's a move of God, why established churches do not participate in the move of God. And, and the reason that is, because the longer you've been around, why the more um, traditions of man that you build up and practice. And, and see, God, God moves at 186,000 miles per second. He's the father of lights. He actually moves faster than that, but that's as fast as the human mind can comprehend, is the speed of light. So, Traditions slow things down. God will not be slowed down. God will not be bound by traditions. So God just keeps moving ahead. And, and, and if, uh, if churches allow themselves to be um, caught up in man-made traditions, why, I mean, they're just left behind. It's all, God doesn't want it that way. He wants them to join. But, but, but see, it's a challenge to go with God, to make changes. What, what is God doing now? That's the question. You know, the important thing isn't what mom and dad did or what grandpa and grandma did. I mean, they, they did the best they could at their time with what they had. They moved with God then, but now God's moving this way. So, um, you know, and, and so 
with all these people getting saved, why churches should just be, be growing exponentially. In some places they are. But, but other places they're not because, because of those man-made traditions. See, the, the thing is, you know, like, like in our area right here, um, within a 30-mile radius of us, there's 60,000 people that live. Now, this morning, less than 9% of those 60,000 people, I mean, a, lot, a high percentage of them are born again. At least three-fifths of them. Probably more because they live in America. The headquarters of this move of God is in America. So, so probably more, but less than 9% of those people will be in, in a church this morning um, that, that will talk about salvation, even. And of that 9%, why, uh, predominantly it will be baby boomers and senior citizens, not, not young adults. So, so here's a question. Why do the people around us hate church so much? And, and, and I can tell you the answer is because it's built into every person that's ever lived a great desire for the Jesus Christ of the Bible. But if they look at church and see a traditional Jesus or a Christian Jesus that's not the Jesus of the Bible, they get really mad because they feel like they've been robbed. They think, why don't I have an opportunity to experience the, um, the Jesus of the Bible along with other people? And see, it's real important that once people get saved that they go to church because that's the place that we grow together in the kingdom and, and, and our, we, we um, uh, improve our standard of living through kingdom principles, you know. So it's real important to go to church. So, so it's important that churches um, um, move with God instead of let themselves be bound by tradition. Now, now, that's why I really love Destiny Church, because I believe that we have a unique potential to not just participate in the move of God, but actually to bring that move that's going on all over right here to our area. And we could see, not just see explosive church growth, but really see people's lives bettered because they got together um, in the Word of God. And, 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 and there's three reasons why I think we have this unique potential. Okay, okay the first one is this. Um, uh, as a church, we, we don't, we're not controlled by any outside organization. In, in this place, whatever Steve decides, that's what's going to be. And that's a great advantage, you know, because the more of an organization you get, the more chance there is for controlling mindsets, traditions. So, so, so that's the first reason that we have this potential. And, and I believe because of this, when, when the grandstands of heaven look at this area, they're looking at us and cheering us on, seeing what we're going to do, and, but encouraging us. You know, just like, just like the Bison fans were cheering NDSU yesterday, they're even louder in heaven when they're looking at us right here in this region. So, 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 so that's the first reason we got this unique potential. The second reason is this. We have a disproportionate um, percentage of young adults in church here, and that's a really good thing. because young, And that's why, you know, you see all these kids around. Like, any given Sunday, there might be seven children in back. Seventy children in back in children's church. Yeah, there we go. Get that right. You know, it's packed full back there most of the time. Okay, well, the thing about young adults is they've been under controlling mindsets less time. So it's easier for them to break free from tradition and move with God. Okay, that's the second reason. But now, but now the third reason, you know, for, the, for like people my age, you know, uh, baby boomers, senior citizens, 
um, that are around church here, the reason we're here is because we rebelled against traditional Christianity. And in fact, most of the older people my age in this church, their entire experience uh, with the Christian lifestyle has been one of denying traditions and rebelling against them. So if you just show someone like that where God's going, why, they're, they're going to go with God. I mean, one more time, they'll kick the tradition down the road and move with God. So, so I believe we have this unique potential, and these grandstands of heaven are really cheering us on because what happens in our region here will, great, will be greatly determined by what we decide to do as, as a church. And now, um, you know, one of the people that's in the grandstands of heaven is the Apostle Paul. And like I said, it was the Apostle Paul that started all this thing about bringing the message of Jesus to non-Jewish people. If you, know, if you read back in the book of Acts, why he's the, he, he was the only one. I mean, everybody else, I mean, they just stuck around Jerusalem till basically the, 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 the Jewish synagogue and the Roman government kicked him out. And after eight years, they went to Samaria, which is just the next part of Judea. There and, and, and it took 10 years before, uh, before Peter would even preach the gospel to one Gentile, let alone. But Paul, so he had this, met Jesus Christ on the road to Damascus, and then he spent 14 years uh, having Jesus tell him how to do it, and then he just went to Gentiles, all, and, and you know, with amazing results. That's why we're here, because of him. But anyway, he's in the grandstands. He's cheering us on. Now, the, the, the way the Apostle Paul cheers us on um, is um, th there's a couple prayers Paul prayed for us in the Bible he, that he recorded, just, just two of them. And this first one uh, that I'm going to show you today is in Ephesians chapter 1, and it's starting with verse 15. Um, I, I should explain. Um, so Paul, he's in those grandstands, but he's praying this prayer over us right now today. And um, so I'll start out here, and this is going to be up on the screen. Um, so verse 15 of Ephesians chapter 1, uh, Paul says this. He says, that's, when, that's why when I heard of the solid trust you have in the Master Jesus and your outpouring of love to all followers of Jesus, I couldn't stop thanking God for you. Every time I prayed, I'd think of you and give thanks. Now, I, I should explain something about the way Paul pr prays. Paul prays what's called the prayer of faith. So when Paul prays, he doesn't see himself as just like asking God. You know, Paul was a Bible scholar. He knew most of the Old Testament by heart. He wrote two-thirds of the New Testament that he got directly from Jesus Christ. He knew what God wanted. So he would just repeat what God wanted, and he knew that... he. he he didn't have words just to communicate. Just like God, he used his words to create. So when Paul says that, he says, uh, I think um, he's thankful for the solid trust that you and I have in the Master Jesus. You might be here and say, well, man, this can't be for me because I don't have too much trust in the Master Jesus. See, Paul, he called things which be not as though they were. He's creating that trust in you when he speaks it. Does that make sense to you? You know, just like God, uh, like God, uh, he, he says this to Abraham, an old man that had never been able to have children even when he was young. He says, Abraham, you're the father of many nations. He was creating 
Abraham's descendants when God said that. That, that. That's the way Paul does. Okay, so 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 it's up to us now when Paul's creating that in us to just take hold of it. I mean, that, that's what faith does. It takes hold of the creative word of God. So we say, well, I would like to have a solid trust in the master Jesus. Well, then just take a hold of it. It's like, let me give you a picture of this. It's like, um, you know, we, we, do the, we still do this song once in a while, but it goes something like this. Uh, you, you probably recognize it if you've been around a while. As the glory is here, the glory is here. I can feel God's presence in the very atmosphere. Whatever you need, just reach up and receive. Take it. Now it's yours. Okay, that song was written about uh, an event that happened. Um, um, Kenneth Hagin was preaching at a healing meeting, and this lady came to that meeting that had, um, had had thyroid cancer and had a tumor removed from her thyroid in her neck here. And the surgeon accidentally cut her esophagus tube. So now she couldn't eat anymore. She had to be fed, um, you know, with a tube through her nose. And so she, she had been had on that tube for four months. She had 11 surgeries to try to correct her esophagus, unsuccessful. So her and her husband came to this meeting. Um, Kenneth Hagin was preaching, and that was a prophecy he had. Uh, Glory of God is here. His presence is here. Just reach up. Take it. It's yours. She heard that, and she just reached up with one hand and took it. She could feel the presence of God, and she pulled her feeding tube out of her nose with the other hand, and her and her husband immediately went across the street, and she ate two Mexican dinners and come back and gave a testimony. <laughs> well, it's a, that's the way Paul means this to be. Anything that he says, if you want it, it's available. These are creative words of God. Just reach up and take it. It's yours. See, I, I'm telling you today how, how to make this year a better year for you. Because Paul says some pretty amazing things as we get going here. So he says this. Um, he's thankful for the solid trust that you and I have in Jesus Christ. And you know what? And it's interesting to me. What that's going to produce is we're, it's going to be easy for us to get along with other people. Well, right there, you just moved ahead light years. If you can get along with folks, you, you're going to be promoted in life. So, so uh, yeah, yeah, that's why this gets to be important. Paul says, I, I think of you and give thanks. And, but then he goes on. He says, but I do more than thank. I ask, I ask the God of our master, Jesus Christ, the God of glory, to make you intelligent and discerning in knowing him personally, your eyes focused and clear. So now Paul says that he's trying to create this in us with his words that we'll know God better. We'll have a closer relationship with God. You know, John, in John 17, 3, Jesus says this, eternal life is knowing God. Well, he didn't mean living forever. The, the, the Greek word for that eternal life there is zoe. It means the very life of God. So if we want the life of God inside of us, we'll get it simply by knowing him more. I mean, you know God more by spending time with him in praise, spending time with him in his word, uh, just allowing God to speak to you. I mean, quit being mad at God. That would be a start. You know, you get to know him more then. But as you do that, the very life of God will come inside you. And, and it's a good thing when the life of God comes inside you. Because if you study out at all how God lives, man, he, 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 where he sits, he looks over streets that's paved with gold, uh, foundations of buildings that are made out of fine gemstones. 
there's this, it's so peaceful around him that it says it's just like a sea of glass. There's no anxiety, no stress, no fear, no worry. So every one of us, our lives would, better, would be bettered the more zoe, or life of God, we get in our life. And we get it simply by just spending time with God, hanging out with God. Just be, be transparent, be real with God. I mean, you're, you're not going to say anything that shocks God. He's been dealing with people for 6,000 years. I mean, it's just, I mean, God, he just, he always thinks the best of you. Always stands his ground defending you, loyal no matter what the cost. Don't even notice when you make a mistake. You, you can tell God you're mad at somebody or you're mad at him or, or you know, whatever it is. I'm not telling you how to talk. You, you can swear to God and he don't care. He's been dealing with people for 6,000 years. Uh, getting to know God. And as you do, why, more of his life will come inside you. But then Paul goes on. So, so now you got more of the life of God. So he says this, so that you can see exactly what it is that God is calling you to do. Before the foundation of the earth, God um, made a plan for every person that would live on the earth, a, a plan like this, that he put potential in, in every person, a, a destiny. And what that looks like is he put desires in, unique desires in each one of our hearts. So God's plan for us is that we'd live out of those desires. The things that we love most to do, that we could do those things. And, and, and guess what? He put abilities inside of us that matched up with those desires. And so as we do the things that we really love to do, that's how we'll be successful and move ahead in life. God wants you to love every day of your life. Uh, the, he wants the very best. He, he wants you to excel at the thing that you love to do. And he's given you those abilities. And, he, and, and Paul says that your eyes be focused and clear. He, he'll help you. He'll show you. I mean, the, the more you're with God, the, the, the higher your standard of living will be. Doing the things you love to do. I just hate when somebody talks about God and talks about sacrifice. Jesus is the one that did the sacrificing. I mean, God put it in our heart, the things. If you feel like you're sacrificing or that this is an obligation, your relationship with God, something got messed up somewhere. God doesn't think that way. He didn't program us that way at all. It's the things we love to do. That's why we call this Destiny Church, because we believe God has a wonderful destiny for everybody that lives. Everybody has a unique, very special value. And so we can see exactly what God's calling us to do, and he gives us the tools to do that. But then he goes on. It gets better. Grasp the immensity of this glorious way of life he has for his followers. See, we are sons and daughters of God. I know a lot of you people have children, and you want better things for your children than you got even. God's a perfect father, so much more with him. I mean, we just, we have got to get rid of this idea that we're sacrificing, that we're, this is an obligation, because that's, what, that's what's killing church, and then people would like to find Jesus in church, and that's what they find, and they, it makes them sick, they hate it, and so that, we got to, Paul's changing all this, and we can take hold of this. The utter extravagance of the work, God says, in us who trust him. God lives an extravagant life. He wants you and I to live extravagant lives. I'm, I'm just so, you know, I, I'm just so sick of thinking about just getting by. 
I, I'm 63 years old. I've spent way too much time thinking like that. It's time to live out of the dream that is in our heart. It, it, it's time. It's past time. And Paul's speaking this so that we can do that. So the extravagance of God's work and those who trust him. And then he says this. Endless energy and boundless strength. The, and, and the reason that's important, and I want endless energy from God, supernatural energy and supernatural strength from God. And the reason that's so important, it goes right back to that, to that destiny, the dream that's in our heart. Because what happens, you know, people start out with a dream in their heart. And if you talk to any child and ask them what they want to do in life, and it's always something big. I mean, they want to be a policeman, they want to be a fireman, they want to be a, a rocket man, you know, uh, uh, an astronaut. Um, uh, it's always something, uh, a professional boxer. They want to be the next Michael Jordan. It's always something big. But what happens is, so we go on in life and we run into uh, circumstances and we allow those circumstances to get inside of us and it just tires us out. We, we, people don't realize their dreams, I think, simply because they tire out over time. That's the strategy of the enemy right there. He does, you know, and so that's why, that's why Paul says that, man. There's endless energy available to you and me. Boundless strength from God. And if we take hold of that, once again, just like that lady, taking hold of it, God's always present. You can always take a hold of a creative word from God and put it to work in your life like a tool. See, so if we do that, some of that energy, some of that strength, then we'll get back to the dream that God actually put in our heart and live the way we really want to live and the way that we are made to live. Okay, so Paul goes on. And he says, all this energy issues from Christ. See, it's not afar off. The Spirit of Jesus Christ lives inside of each one of us that are born again. Our identity is in Christ, Paul says. So this energy of Jesus is not far off. It's right inside of us. Okay, so the issues from Christ. So God raised him from death and set him on a throne in deep heaven. And now, here's, Paul made a little shift here. He's going to start talking about how big that Jesus is. But there's a reason he does that. Because in your mind, okay, Jesus, your, your identity in Christ, Jesus Christ lives inside of you. If you see Jesus Christ as being big, then you see yourself as being big. You can't separate the identity from Jesus Christ and your identity if you're in Christ, if you're born again. So Paul talks about how big Jesus Christ really is. So he's, and he says it this way. So God raised Jesus from the dead and set him on a throne in deep heaven in charge of running the universe, everything from galaxies to governments, no name and no power exempt from his rule. You know, one place in Scripture says, at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. And now you probably are here this morning and you could care less about how the universe gets run or about galaxies or probably even about governments. But the truth is that if at the name of Jesus Christ, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that no name or no power is exempt from his rule, the, way, the reason Paul gave you that is this. If you go to the doctor and get a negative report, you're told that you have cancer. If you just go to your natural thinking, what your natural mind is going to tell you is that um, at the name of cancer, every knee is going to bow and every tongue will confess that cancer is Lord. Or if you're in financial difficulty right now, 
time, a, a loss of any kind. You lost a loved one. If you just go to your natural thinking, why well, you're going to think this loss, at the name of this loss, boy, every knee is going to bow and every tongue will confess it's got anything to do with me that this loss is ruling my life right now. Or you might think that this might be a stressful time for whatever reason. You know, the holiday season can create a lot of stress if you allow it to, but if you're dealing with stress and anxiety, worry, fear, why, if you just go to your natural mind, why, you'll think, man, this stress, this anxiety, this is Lord. Uh, man, every knee in my life and every tongue will confess, is going to bow and every tongue will confess that this stress is Lord. But see, that's why Paul says just the opposite. If you can turn away from that and look on to Jesus, who is the author and finisher of your faith, and say that, man, at the name of Jesus, cancer has to bow and cancer has to confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. I cannot stay here anymore in this body if that person keeps their mind focused on Jesus Christ. Or if you're de- whatever type of loss you might be dealing with, uh, yeah, the, yeah, the reality is it's an issue, but it, it's a name and it's got to bow to the name of Jesus Christ. Uh, Jesus Christ has gonna, has got to be Lord over that loss and he'll, 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 he'll make it up to you. In fact, uh, somebody here today, um, uh, I, I, I just got this right now, um, it might be looking to you like, like you, uh, um, like, like, um, like things are at a standstill, or you took a step back, but I'm telling you, if you'll keep your eyes focused on that one thing that Jesus Christ is Lord, that, that setback will be a setup for you to win. But, that, but that, it all revolves around that. No name, no power is exempt from the rule of Jesus Christ. So, so don't, don't put this off onto universes and galaxies. Paul wants you to take it right now today. He's cheering your life on right now today in heaven. And, and so... Um, and, 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 and then he goes on and he says this, and not just for the time being, but forever. I mean, your whole life, and, and if you can get this, this um, like this practice or this habit started, when, when circumstances or challenges come up, um, and you immediately shift to turn away onto Jesus. You, you can build a practice of that, and you won't be shaken pretty soon by things that come up. In, in fact, you'll be expecting when trouble comes that, that uh, just like Job, God promised to pay you back double. You can be expecting that when trouble comes, just like in Proverbs, when you caught a thief that's been stealing from you in your life, stealing your dream, stealing the life out of you, why, he's, you, you can make him repay seven times as much. When you feel like you gave up something, what, just, like, just like in Mark chapter 10, why, God will give you back a hundred times as much if you get this thing going. That's why every day you can enjoy no matter what's going on in life, because there's, there's a larger truth. No name and no power is exempt from the rule of Jesus Christ. When Jesus Christ rules, you rule. If, you, if he's not ruling your circumstances, then they're ruling you. It's, it's pretty much that simple. So that's why Paul says this. And that never changes. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. There's never going to come a time when that changes. In fact, it just keeps getting better and then, just when we thought it couldn't get any better than it was, why well, we move on to heaven, and then we really get a glimpse of, of how great things are. Okay.
So Jesus is in charge of it all. He has the final word on everything. And, and that there, I think there's something on that too. You know, you might, in your, you might be here today and, and say, man this, uh, man, this is hopeless. But it's not because Jesus has the final word. Whatever is challenging you, Jesus has the final word. And you, and you have a choice. You know, you, you, can, you can bow to that challenge. And, and, uh, and, and man, you don't know what's going to happen then. I mean, you know, man, people die all the time over this stuff, even. But you can bow that challenge, or you can keep this in predominant in your mind that Jesus Christ has the final word on everything. And if you'll stick that with that with faith and persistent action, you'll win in every case. Your win might not look exactly like you would have thought it did, but it's even better when you get a win like God thinks it should be. Okay, so at the center, now here's something to think about too. At the center of all this, Christ rules the church. See, the church is it's not a building or an organization. The church is simply people that have received Jesus Christ as their Savior. Their identity is in Christ. And the way that the Bible pictures it is like Jesus Christ is the head of the church. But then believers, we're the body of the church. Well, the body can't do anything without the head, but the head can't do nothing without the body. I mean, and God set it up this way. I mean, uh, I mean, I mean, don't, don't get mad at me because you've got to work in partnership with Jesus. God set it up that way because it's better. I mean, God wants, he, he's after a whole higher goal than just, than just winning battles for you. He wants you to experience the same joy as he has of twisting the knife in the devil's back. He wants you to experience that same joy. Because then you get to be a bigger person. You get to be just like him in that way. You understand that? See, if someone is in Christ, they're a new creation, a new species of being. This is all designed for you to be the same species of being as Jesus Christ is. Old things passed away. All things have become new. All these new things are from God. Okay, so, so that's the, the Jesus and the church. The church, you see, is not peripheral to the world. The world is peripheral to the church. You're part of the church. So wherever you are, I mean, you might go to a job where you work for somebody or some organization, but you're the church. You're not peripheral to the job. You are at the center of everything. You decide how things are going to be for you in your day. You take this creative word of God and decide how your days are going to be. Okay, does that make sense to everybody? Okay. And then he, and, and, but then he goes on and he says this. In fact, let me go back to that. Every circumstance that you deal with in life and that you run into, um, you decide how that's going to be because you control your circumstances. You know, like I said, Paul uses these, praise the prayer of faith, uses his words to create, not just to communicate. You were made that same way. In, uh, back in, in Genesis, in the, in the Hebrew Bible, that, that's the original language it was written in, God said that he made Adam to be a speaking spirit. A speaking spirit creates with his words. Animals communicate. A dog barks and another dog barks back. They're talking to each other. We don't do just that. We use our words to create if we're in the kingdom of God. 
See, we're no longer natural people anymore, just natural human beings. So we, Paul wants us to do the same as him. We create our world. We, create, we, we determine what our circumstances are, if, if they're going to win or if we're going to win. Okay, and then I'm, I'm, I'm going to have the worship team come up because we're, we're concluding this. But, 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 but here's how he concludes. He says, the church is Christ's body in which he speaks and acts by which he fills everything with his presence. See, the grandstands of heaven are cheering you and I on because anything that's going to happen here in Grant County, in Ottertail County, in Douglas County, is not going to happen because Jesus magically showed up in the sky on a white horse and made something happen. Everything he does, he does through his body, his church, through you and me. So he, and he's got a lot of things he wants to do at the place where you go to school, at the place where you work, at, at the neighborhood that you live in. Um, of course, God loves people. He'll leave 99 people to go after one lost one. That's his heart. The way he finds the lost one is through you and me. Or the way he makes the place where you work prosper is not... He does it. It's through us. See, there's a principle here that we sometimes miss. In fact, there's whole doctrines built up on the fact that the Christians basically do nothing, just wait around for Jesus to do it all, and that's why nothing happens. Because it's not going to happen that way. That's why Paul said this. See, if anything's going to get spoken, if anything is going to get acted on, it's going to come through the body. Jesus Christ as the head will direct this and we'll do it in partnership with him, but it's going to come through the body. And he fills everything everywhere with his presence. Every one of us, at least everyone that's healthy, wants a better standard of living than you're experiencing right now. We're just made that way. I mean, it don't matter how, um, um, boy, the, the richest person in the world wants more money. I mean, it, it, we're made that way. That's a godly thing. But it, it doesn't happen that God just drops it down. He works in partnership with you and I. And the reason why that's such a good thing is, once again, God isn't just trying to help us. He's trying to recreate himself inside of us. And once you take a hold of that, why, man, you'll never have a blue Monday again. Because... Yeah, just like God. God sits on his throne, so peaceful it's like a sea of glass. Well, he could look out and see all kinds of trouble, but he don't pay one bit of attention to it. It doesn't faze him one bit. And he wants the same thing for you and me. You could, have, you could be surrounded by trouble, but just like that song we sing, man, there's something bigger that's surrounding it all, and that's Jesus Christ at work inside of us. So, um, boy, we're, we're, we're going to worship together. I, ju I just encourage you to, to worship here. And, um, um, and so we'll do that now. Yeah. Boy, you want to sing a song? Would that be all right? Praise God. I've been waiting for you, Stan. <laughs> <laughs> well, I... I did a rewrite on a Bruce Springsteen song a while ago when Dave was preaching. I thought, wow, that kind of goes right along the lines. What he was talking about in that song is, pay me my money down. 
So if you guys could join me, it's very simple. It's just a three chord progression in the key of G. So if I get a little help from the band, that would help oil this thing. <laughs> I was just a young boy, I was in my teens The devil came and he lied to me He took my silver, he took my gold And threw me out into the cold There I was, down on my knees The sweet Lord Jesus came to me Said, let's go get what the devil stole Let's get it back a hundredfold, yeah. I said, Lord, how are we going to do it? Oh, what's your plan? Show me the card that's in your hand. I've given you the kingdom. Now here's the key. Resist the devil and he will flee. So devil, I pay me. I pay me. I pay me my money down. I pay me and off to jail. I pay me my money down. Yeah. I pay me. I pay me. I pay me my money down. I pay me and off to jail. I pay me my money down. Yeah. Man, it was an awesome word in that song. That's what I've been trying to say here for the last half an hour and stand it at all just in a couple minutes. But, but what, this means, what this means for us, uh, there are, if Jesus Christ, if no name and no power is exempt from his rule, that means that there are no limitations on your life. And, and I just encourage you to take this time right now to actually do a, hit a reset button and, and think about what, what it really is that you have dreamed for your life. What's in your heart for you, your family, uh, um, what, what you want to do here, because you, you can take it. God, has pour, God put that dream in your heart, and, and he's given us all the tools available to, to realize, to live out the dream, the destiny that he put in each one of us, and, and we can make headway this year towards that. I just, I, I, I just really believe that. I, I, I think that that's what I was feeling this whole week, thinking about this Sunday morning. So, so I, I, we've got some prayer counselors that I'm going to call up now. If you've got any individual prayer needs, um, why, uh, when we close here, I'm, I'm going to invite you to come up and, and be, pray with them the prayer of faith. But, but let's just close this with prayer. And, and I'll tell you, if that spoke to you, if, if there's a dream in your heart that, that, that you want to move on, why, let's, let's covenant together this morning and expect God to partner up with us to realize that. Can you agree with me? And in Jesus' name, I, I thank you, Father God, for every one of your sons and daughters in this room. Man, you made them so unique, so special, and this dream that you've put in each of our hearts. I just believe and declare that that is alive this morning, and, and we just uh, receive to where we take it your endless strength, your boundless energy to see the dream in our heart fulfilled for each one of us. In Jesus' name.
Amen. Amen. Thanks so much for coming to church today. And I want you to know that He can give you today a new future. We hope this message has been a blessing to your life. A copy of this message and additional Destiny Church materials are available at destinychurchexit77.org.